All right, everybody, welcome back to the Overtime Buzz podcast. We're recording here after the Penguins finish off the Capitals in overtime, 3-2. to two. Um, It was, you know, it was a pretty good game. The the start, certainly the Penguins kind of reversed the roles on their uh, previous games. We'll get into that soon, but um, Kasperi Kapanen uh, buries an absolutely beautiful feed from Teddy Bluger uh, on a 2-0-1 in overtime to end the game and give the Penguins the win. Um, picking up two points is always huge, uh, especially when you were tied with your opponent. Uh, jumps the Capitals in the standings. Um, you know, overall, pretty good game. Um, Dante and I are going to give you our three takeaways here tonight. Um, Dante, anything you want to uh, you want to start with here, or you want me to jump into it? If you don't mind, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Um, just looking at the way that they've played over the last six or so games. I mean, five and one record. Um, we've seen a lot of the Islanders, a lot of the Capitals, thanks in part, large part due to the outbreak with New Jersey, having those games postponed. But um, Capitals and the Islanders have been teams coached by Barry Trotz, but have also been teams that have given the Penguins fits in the past. And just because of, largely because of their stylistic play, um, you know, the Islanders like to bore you to sleep. Uh, the teams kind of figured out the Penguins that if you kind of submit them into their own mistakes and then counterattack, that um, they can easily be frustrated and beaten. And I think that what I want to touch on over the last six games or so, outside of the one blunder, uh, the 3-1 loss against Washington, where they really just didn't look like they were in it at any point of the game, is just the amount of patience that they're playing with. And to me, I know coming at, like towards the beginning of the season when they were kind of getting lucky winning games, I think they started off 4-2, and two, um, not really playing their best hockey, still figuring out ways to win. Um, I was kind of cautious about that start because I still saw some signs of last season and the season before kind of slip in where they kind of become their own worst enemies and lose games on their own. But over the last six games or so, we've really seen them play a patient style of hockey where you know they're playing with speed, they're playing with their skill, but they're also not letting the other teams, you know, they're not, they're not letting them force themselves into mistakes. They're not letting the other team submit them. And I think that's a positive step forward towards, you know, this team taking the next step. And especially against the Islanders um, last, last Saturday with a 3-2 win, I think that game was very significant out of all of them because you could just tell it looked like the Penguins were beating the Islanders at their own game, um, you know, and... I think that's a very big positive to be taken into account here as we head towards almost the halfway point of the season, which is insane to think, even though it is shortened. But, um, you know, not playing their best hockey to start off, but now they're starting maybe to kind of figure it out a little bit and just playing with overall patience. Again, um, we saw it tonight. Kind of didn't, you know, they went down quick, but answered quick as well. So um, I think it's something that needs to be mentioned, and I think it's noteworthy with this team. and. Hopefully it's a step in the right direction for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess the only thing I'll add to that before I get into kind of how tonight started was I I really think that the change in management has sparked something um, in this team. Um, I don't want to say they're playing harder for Hextall and Burke than they did for Jimmy Rutherford, but I really think just knowing that, you know, there's a very good possibility they could get traded because these guys don't have – any sort of, uh, you know, I guess, favoritism towards the players as, you know, Rutherford brought them in, um, put together the team that he wanted. I think it's kind of sparked something in them to to kind of say, all right, we got to, 
you know, we got to play harder. We got to look at our game, find out what we're doing wrong. And I, I really think that the leadership group in that locker room, um, you know, they've, they've taken it upon themselves to say, all right, we got to kind of slow the game down, let the game come to us instead of trying to chase the game all the time. Um, and I guess getting right into that would be their start tonight. Um, and not the last game against the Islanders, but the previous game before that, man, that's two games that, that looked like uh, 2016 Penguins um, out shooting teams by a lot, out chancing the team by a lot. You know, the 4-1 win over the Islanders, you know, the the game just – the Islanders never had a chance. You know, that, that game was very um, out of hand quick for them. They weren't you know, as fast as the Penguins. They weren't on pucks like the Penguins. They weren't shooting as much. You know, you get on the list and they got better goaltending, you know, by far. But um, – it's just encouraging to see that, you know, obviously last game, they kind of <laughs> Jari stole, you know, the, the points there, but um, certainly good to see that. Um, but tonight, you know, certainly the score was a lot closer than um, the first two periods indicated, but uh, you know, I think that's the thing about Washington is you can play a much better game, but they are going to uh, keep it even and they're always going to be right in it. But tonight, you know, from the, from the get go, Malkin looked, much faster than he has all season. He had that jump. He looked ready to go. Um, certainly, you know, scoring the opening goal helped. Um, Sid's line right off the opening draw. Um, they were in the offensive zone with with good chances. And I think they said out of the first eight shots for the team, Malkin and Crosby each had three. Um, you know, it was just a really good game on their part, you know, to start. And uh, certainly they, you know, got to overtime. They got the point. And then, um, you know, like I said, Kappen and Barry's the, the feed and they end up winning. But I think if they continue to start like this, um, you know, kind of being a little harder on the body, kind of get on the forecheck more support on the back check like Malkin did. They only called it out like 30 times how he um, started that sequence before his goal because of his back check. So I think as long as they're back checking, as long as they're, you know, hard on pucks, getting pucks in the zone and being on the body, they're going to be a much better team than they were at the start of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And the Caps are just... They're a weird team to me, especially the last um, couple, two or three games here the Penguins have played against them where they just look absolutely slow and old and just dead to rights in the first period. But then in the second period, they kind of turn it on. Um, Maybe taking a page out of the Penguins book from earlier this season, which, uh, you know, obviously with the schedule being the way it is this season, um, we knew that coming in, I know we talked about it, how this is kind of the division of death in the NHL where you know, regardless of what happens in the four teams they get in, there's going to be at least one solid team that gets left out um, of the bunch, whether it's uh, obviously not going to be Boston probably, but you know the Capitals, the Pens, the Islanders, maybe even the Flyers now. And, uh, and for the Penguins to be able to go up against the Capitals, I think, believe they're 4-1 against them this season. Um, that's a good sign. They have a very good record against the Islanders too. Um, you know, three and one, that is going to be crucial. And, you know, especially when I mentioned the points are going to be so tough to come by here and later into the season, whenever what that one team that gets knocked out, that shouldn't be, you know, hopefully it's not the Penguins, but, um, these are the games that you're going to look back on and say, geez, maybe if we could have got one or two extra points out of those games, it could have been the ultimate difference. So. Um, they need to finish strong here against Washington, I think, coming up here on Thursday. And then with the Islanders, 
Um, they won't see the Capitals again for a long time. So um, by that time, one of the teams might be out of it or they might be in the same spot they are now. So it's all the more important that they just keep playing the way that they are. Absolutely. And I think your point about, you know, these games being important is very, uh, very evident, you know, um, truly Boston's going to be the number one team in the East, but um, between, you know, the Pens, the Islanders and the Caps, you're kind of fighting for that two, three um, right now, the Flyers are on the outside looking in at the five or in the five spot. But, if you're able to get the points against the Islanders and the Capitals, you've all but guaranteed yourself a playoff spot because you've beaten them enough times and gotten the points out of those games. Um, and the nice thing about the divisional setup this way is every game is a four-point game, if you think about it. Um, but, you know, I, um, I think the next thing, you know, you had wanted to get into was the Zucker injury and kind of what the implications are um, moving forward roster wise and how they're going to construct the lineup. Yeah. I mean, looking at that injury, it, it definitely didn't look appealing. Um, watching it looked very painful. We could see Zucker was in a lot of pain. So um, setting out our best for him, hopefully he's not out for a long period of stretch because, you know, he's been playing very well lately, even though he hasn't really been showing up on the stat sheet, but he's doing the little things throughout the game that you can really, you know, appreciate. And he's, been helping it's ever since he rust he and rust have been put back together on uh malkin's line you know malkin's been starting to get back into a groove so hoping for the best for him hopefully he's not out for a long time but you also you know these are the penguins they tend to get hurt a lot the stuff happens to them every season um it's kind of predictable at this point but if he is to miss a large period of stretch i i think a name to watch is going to be jared mccann and He's injured in his own right right now, but um, when he comes back, I, I think you absolutely have to try him with uh, Malkin and Rust. Um, bring back that line that was kind of together for a little period of time last year with all the injuries, too. They played fairly well together, and, you know, I think in terms of Jared McCann's Penguins career, this right here, this stretch, if he does get to go with Malkin and Rust, I think this is probably his last audition. Um, especially with the new regime coming in and him not really, you know, figuring out what he is and the Penguins not really knowing what he is. Like you mentioned, the guy that brought him in, uh, Jim Rutherford, he's not here anymore. So um, all bets are off like they are with all, all the other players. But um, with all the players in mind, I think that he is the most likely to be put under the microscope here, especially if he gets a chance to play with Malkin and um, kind of see how he can perform. And we all know he has the talent. We all know he has a skill, um, really good player, but for some reason he just he just can't put it together. I don't know if that's because the Penguins have kind of put him all over the place, switching him from wing to center, um, playing him all up and down the lineup, first line, third line, can't really settle into a role. But um, if Zucker is to miss a long period of time, I think he's going to be a name to watch, especially as an immediate um, plug and play into that second line. I completely agree. Um, I think that he'd be a good fit there. I think, you know, his offensive instincts, but also his ability to play defense would certainly comp, uh, kind of compensate for Zucker a little bit. You know, he brings the speed like Zucker does. Um, certainly as good of a shot, if not better. Um, and the defensive uh, mindset, you know, is definitely there. Um, but, you know, another line that, uh, you know, may end up getting reshuffled, depending on what Sullivan wants to do, is the third line. Um, Zach Aston, Reese, Bluger, and Tandem is what, you know, has been clicking on that third line. And certainly you don't want to break that up 
But uh, personally, um, they moved Aston Reese up to the second line, um, and I could see you know McCann slotting in on the third. I think it's a mistake. I think he needs to be playing top six. You got to give him that. You know, like you said, last audition. But um, depending on what they do, um, I would have no problem with even Sam Lafferty moving up to that third line. Um, you know, he was only up there for like what, like seven minutes of the third period, um, and obviously didn't see the ice in the overtime. But um, you know, all night he was just all over and in a good way, you know, I don't mean it as like, you know, he was out of position all the time, but the last four games, his speed, his physicality, and honestly, his shot have just jumped, you know, out of the, out of the lineup, you know, in terms of um, just looking really good, looking like he really wants to be there. I mean, he, um, he hit, I think what three posts last game, Um, you know, he's, he's been all over it. And even tonight, you know, a couple of really good shots that, Vanacek got a really good piece of. So um, I, I think the the goals will come for him. Um, I think he needs more, you know, ice time, um, as do, you know, a few other players on the team that we'll get into. But, um, you know, I really like that third line, no matter if it's Aston Reese, Bluger, Tanov, or if you're even to go, you know, Tanov, Bluger, uh, Lafferty. They all bring a similar style, you know, some speed, physicality, and, you know, some sort of scoring touch. I mean, Bluger's got 11 points in 17 games now. Um, Aston Reese has been back for what six or seven games, has like three or four points. Um, and Tanev, I mean, he's um, he's been scoring at a really good clip. He's been producing a lot of uh, a lot of chances, if not getting points. So, you know, it's certainly interesting. Um, but again, I would have no problem with with Lafferty slotting in on the third line. You know, maybe moving um, McCann you know, somewhere different or maybe moving Tanov up and putting McCann on the third line, you know, whatever they decide to do, they just have to start, you know, balancing a lineup because, you know, they're, they're stacking the top six, which certainly is never a problem, especially when you're putting them with Crosby and Malkin, you know, you got Gensel as a 40 goal scorer with Sid and then you got Kapanen who has the look, has the makings of a 25 goal scorer, certainly um, with the speed, the shot, the abilities, um, and then Zucker, a proven 20 goal scorer with Malkin and Rust, and now proven 20 goal scorer. So, um, you know, the top six is pretty well solidified. So, you know, certainly throwing McCann in there, a guy who can score 20 on the second line wouldn't be bad. Um, but you definitely need to start getting some talent into that bottom six that can kind of pull some offensive weight and keep the team out of the defensive zone, defensive zone so much because, you know, I hate to go to the analytics thing, but um, Corsi does not favor <laughs> the bottom six, you know, especially the fourth line, but, um, you know, I'll let you, uh, take it away with that fourth line. Yeah. And I just want to touch back briefly on Lafferty. I, I think he's a guy and I, I totally agree with everything that you said. Um, he's a guy that's just straight speed 24 seven. And I think this year in the limited time that we've seen him, his shot has really kind of developed where it's a much quicker release. Um, I don't, it just looks much improved compared to last year. Um, that's just me personally, but the biggest thing with him is he needs to just have an opportunity. And one thing I'll mention is tonight during the broadcast, they talked about how he had a, was it a I can't remember if it was a seat. I think it was a season high at 12 minutes of ice time last game. Like that's, that's insane to me. Like that guy needs to, he needs to play more period. And I think a lot of people are tough on Lafferty saying, you know, he's, he is not really as advertised during camp when everyone kind of raves about him. But honestly, I, I just don't think the guy has had a fair shot to just prove what he can do. 
And I, th- I think him moving up to the third line, I'd, I'd welcome that absolutely. And even bumping up Tanev, because I think Tanev, I mean, there's, you can't argue the effect of the Blugers are in Tanev line, but I think when, when you put those three together, I think it really minimizes Tanev's impact, especially offensively. Um, you just don't notice him as much as you normally do whenever he's with those three because they're more in a defensive, you know, buzzsaw role. But touching back to the fourth line, it's it's an absolute mess, um, which is which is you know has been kind of the story of the Penguins over the last couple of seasons, which is shocking compared to how they won the cup back in sixteen seventeen when they were constantly rolling four lines and evening out the lineup. And um, you know, the fourth line the last couple of seasons has gotten maybe six seven minutes on the ice I mean that's not a, that's including you know shorthanded where a lot of the guys are on the PK I mean five on five ice time might be down to like four minutes a game so um you can't argue that with the production you're getting from it right now so if I were to look at Burke and Hextall if they are you know obviously they're still in the evaluation phase of everything but if they were to add something I think that is where they would look to add um the bottom six as a whole was a nice surprise at the beginning of the season, but it's it's slowly kind of, you know, disintegrated. Um, Jankowski in particular, I mean, oh, he had three points in the first two games, and he has yet to register a point in the last 14 games or so. Um, Lafferty, he mentioned, no goals, one assist on the year. Uh, Drew O'Connor got his first point in his first NHL game. He hasn't gotten a point since. And then uh, Colton Sevier has two goals on the year, hasn't scored since one of the early matchups against Washington. So um, I think that's the biggest concern right now if I'm the Penguins is the lack of production. And playing time in general, the fourth line, like I, when you play the fourth line a lot and, you know, you can constantly roll four lines, it, take, it takes a lot of pressure off of guys like Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin where they don't have to worry about playing 22, 21 minutes a night where, you know, they can be down to maybe the 18, 19 minutes a night range. Um and, and get favorable matchups in their direction. So uh, if I was to pinpoint one thing right now with the Penguins that needed an upgrade that's apparent, it would definitely be that fourth line. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And your mention of ice time, uh, Lafferty and Jankowski tonight got a little over nine, just under 10 minutes. Um, and Sevier saw uh, practically seven minutes. Um it's not doing you any good to not play these guys. You know, like you said, when they were winning cups, you know, they were rolling four lines. Certainly they had guys that were playing much better in those roles um, in terms of producing offensively, but also being above average defensively. Um, You know, that's the hard part is, you know, you look at Jankowski is a penalty killer. He's a very good defensive player, but you're putting him with two, two guys, you know, Drew O'Connor, who I rave about and I believe should be in the lineup, um, but is a rookie. He's, coming in on a terrible season without training camp, without preseason. Um, he's played pretty well. He's a good four checker. He's a good shooter. Um, he certainly um, has played a, a solid role in those games. He's just not producing the way that he um, he can, but he's not being played enough. He's not being put in situations where he can. You know, the the fourth line chips it in, you know, gets a, a goalie to freeze or something like that. And the first line comes out, <laughs> you know, they take the offensive zone face off and not that that's a problem. I mean, I, I understand it, but you know, you're not putting these guys in a position where they can drive offense, where they can give your top dogs a break. Um, you know, you're putting them in on a lot of D zone draws, you're putting them in on neutral zone draws and 
you know, the Penguins are not a team that does well with neutral zone draws in general, no matter who's taking them. Um, they pretty much always lose possession and end up in their own zone. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things where you're not putting your team, um, especially your fourth line, in a position where they can succeed. Um, and I will go back before I get into my last point. Um, you mentioned Tan of, uh, and his offensive impact, you know, being limited on the third line. I completely agree. I think that that line, you know, obviously is producing well. Um, but I think that it's hard. You know, he scores, he plays hard, but he's got like cinder blocks for hands. Um, it's tough. You know, I like, I love the guy. I think he's great. You know, as much as I wasn't a fan of the term on the contract, um, certainly the price has been no problem. And the, and the term is looking better than it did before. Um, I don't know if I like him in a top six role just because, you know, you watch him try to make passes and they're always, you know, either a little too hard, a little too soft, not even close to where they need to go. Watch him receiving passes. It's kind of brutal. Um, certainly he's got that, um, lower the shoulder, you know, in the corners, turn and get the puck out of the out of the uh, out of the bunch. But I don't know if he quite compliments Malkin the way that you know McCann will. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just don't know if I would want to do that night in and night out. So um, you know, I guess <laughs> it's something we're gonna have to wait and see what happens, especially see what happens with Zucker um, before anything else. But. Um, the last lineup thing that I'm going to talk about from tonight is uh, Marino and Matheson. They had a pretty brutal game, um, especially following two stellar games against the Islanders. And even before that, they were playing very well. Um, Matheson's really looked like, I mean, honestly, the best defenseman on this team for the last three games. Um, chipping in offensively, creating offense, even without points. He's the one that's driving the play. He's creating the opportunities. Um, and defensively, he's been really solid. So, you know, it's kind of that Latang thing. You know, a couple of really good games, a bad game, a couple of really good games, a bad game. Um, you never know what's going to happen. So, um, you know, and, and behind it all is uh, Tristan Jari rounding into form. He, uh, man, it's so nice when a, a goaltender can just steal two points in a game like they did, you know, the other night against the Islanders. Um, he's just, he's looking like himself. He's looking like what we needed him to be. Um, you know, certainly the first few games were tough, but it's tough. You know, like I mentioned, no, no, uh, training camp, no preseason. It was just kind of jump in and get going. Um, but if this is what we're to expect on a more consistent basis, they made the best decision they could have made by trading Matt Murray. Um, Murray's played okay the last couple of nights, but, um, you know, Tristan Jari gives this team a really good chance to win and his ability to play the puck, especially against a heavy team like Washington that gets in on the four check, um, has kept some of the guys, you know, out of that, uh, you know, finished check spot. Um, it's getting the puck out of the zone and getting the, the, uh, the offensive rush going. So, you know, he's been really good. He's made the saves when he's needed to make them. Um, you know, you look at last game, 16 shots in the first period um, from the Islanders and, he stopped them all. He was just that good. Um, he's locked in. So, I mean, if this is what we're going to get from Tristan Jari, I have no problem with him playing every night for the next like week and a half while these games are spread out. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, just to touch back on the Matheson Marino thing. Um, you know, Marino hasn't really looked like himself yet this season, but <clears throat> I'm not really worried about that. Um, I think he's just kind of going through a little sophomore slump type deal. Um, 
he's way too talented. We've seen in the past he's way too talented to be, you know, like a one-hit wonder or a bust or anything like that. So um, not really worried about him. Matheson, you know, both of them kind of got picked on the night. Um, but the, the biggest thing for me, though, is that, yeah, you know, pl when players like Latang, but when players like Latang have the blunder games, you know, it's results in, you know, like really, really bad results for the team, like a goal or multiple goals or something like that. Whereas Matheson, he's been known to kind of snowball where, you know, when he makes one mistake, then it snowballs into another mistake and then another mistake and another mistake. But tonight, he clearly didn't have his best with him tonight, but he didn't really hurt the team that much either. Um, I mean, the um, panic goal was pretty bad, but, um, you know, the fact that it didn't snowball after that, I think is a positive step in the right direction. Um, he, he didn't have his best, like I said. Marino didn't have his best either tonight, and they got picked on a lot, but I think it's encouraging to see that he kind of was able to stop the damage, you know, stop the bleeding, if you will, and... Uh, you know, continues to make progress. I mean, obviously, like you said, he was the best of Penguins defenseman in the last couple of games leading up to this one. Um, got his first goal against the Islanders uh, a couple of days ago. Big goal tied up the game for the Penguins right after the Islanders scored in the third period. And the game before that, he had the amazing play off the wall before Teddy Bluger had a wide open net. So, um, you know, I, I think he's really improving. I think Morena's going to break out of his um, out of his funk here soon in they got picked on tonight, but I'm not really concerned about those two. But the biggest thing over the last couple of weeks, like you mentioned, has been Tristan Jari. He looks like the all-star goalie that the Penguins had last season. And he looks like the goalie that the Penguins chose over Matt Murray to be their starter. And, you know, earlier on in the season, he had his struggles. He was playing a little bit back deep in the net. Wasn't using his stick as much as he normally was as last season. but over the last couple of games, you've seen him come out further out in the crease. He's been challenging shots. He's been, you know, challenging shooters. He's been using his stick more often. We saw it on the penalty kill tonight where he was able to smack the puck down along the wall, which was able to help the Penguins clear it, which was huge. Um, we saw it again tonight in 3-on-3 three three OT whenever he pushed the puck up Teddy Bluger, which eventually passed to the eventual goal scorer, Kasperi Kapanen. So um, he's more active with the stick. He's more active with the cr in the crease. And like you said, he stole, he was able to steal a game for the Penguins against the Islanders a couple days ago, which is something that, honestly, I can't say that a Penguins goalie has done since Jari last year. Nothing against Matt Murray, but, I mean, he was not able to make the big save when the Penguins needed it the most. The biggest thing that frustrated us with him was that he just, you know, he would constantly get outplayed. And I understand some goals are unpreventable and they're not all on the goalie, but... Later in his Penguins tenure, he just wasn't able to steal the game for the Penguins when they needed him to the most. And I think Jari has the talent to be able to do it. He's more stylistically like Marc-Andre Fleury. I know you've touched on that before in previous podcasts. But um, that, to me, is the biggest thing for the Penguins right now is getting Christian Jari back on his game and, you know, just looking like his all-star self from last season. Absolutely. And it's definitely what this team needed, you know, um, even if the the stars weren't going, if Tristan Jari was able to go um, evidenced by, you know, last game against the Islanders, he's able to steal you a game. He's able to cover up for those, um, 
I don't want to call them bad nights, but nights were just, you know, it's not there. You're not, you don't have it, you know, and, um, as long as you're able to bounce back enough, um, and kind of get them back for them, um, that's really what matters. And I think the way they were able to answer back so quick tonight after the Caps made it 2-1, um, 22 seconds later, they scored and, uh, evened it up. I think that really helped Jari, um, because, you know, he is a guy that, you know, like Flurry, probably will get a little rattled when you give up a goal like that, but, they got it back and he knew that it was an even game and he knew that, you know, he was the better goaltender tonight. So I, you know, I think kudos to him for the way he's worked on not only his game, but his, his attitude in the last like two years. Um, it's been night and day different, you know, a couple of years back, he had to play a bunch of games while Murray and DeSmith were hurt. You know, he played pretty well, um, but he just wasn't himself the next year. And then he came out last year um, and it was just lights out. And then this year, you know, he's looked really good these last few games. Um, and certainly, um, he's been rewarded with some wins, you know, five and one. And I think a lot of that's been, uh, due to him. So yeah, that, uh, that about does it. Is there anything else that uh, you wanted to add Dante? Yeah. I mean, real quick with Jerry, it just looks like he's back to having fun. And earlier on in the season, when he was struggling, you could see clearly that he was visibly frustrated with himself, you know, what was going on. Um, he let in a goal or two, and then you just see him kind of shake his head, you know, in disappointment with himself. And the biggest thing with him coming in through the, pri- the uh, prospect pipeline was that back in his time in, with um, Edmonton for the Oil Kings, he just had, you know, ice in his veins. That was the biggest thing that, you know, scouts would talk about is the guy just didn't care like if he gave up a goal he put it behind him real quick and he would still be the same old self and I think he got away from that a little bit earlier on in the season you could definitely tell especially by the way he was playing in the net a little bit deeper but now you see him out there um you know even if he lets in a goal or two he's still he's smiling he's having fun um and and he's playing a lot better as a result so hopefully he can keep it going hopefully the Penguins can keep it going here is they got a couple they got another game against the Capitals and then two tough games against the Islanders that they need at least two out of three wins, I think. I agree. And if you can take two out of three, um, preferably winning both against the Islanders, um, I'd be okay dropping another one of the caps because you won't see them for a while. Um, but, you know, if you can beat the Islanders two more times, you've gotten, I think, what what are they, three and one against them? That puts you at uh, five and one. You've taken 10 of 12 points from them. So, um that's huge. I mean, that really makes a massive difference standings wise, but not only that, you know, the ability to um, look back, you know, if you get into a tie situation, you hold the tiebreaker. So, you know, it's, uh, it's tough to, uh, to kind of gauge this, this season, but you know, it's certainly trending in the right direction. Um, And a lot of things have kind of started going right for the Penguins. Like you mentioned, their patience um, and things are starting to come together. So this team is going to be, um, interesting to watch. It's certainly going to be uh, entertaining nonetheless, but um, is there anything else that uh, you wanted to touch on before we wrap up here? I think that just about does it. Cool. That uh, I know that's about it for me, and we'll catch you guys uh, next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Be safe.